You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For about 23 minutes, the whole sports world thought the Chicago Bears were trading David Montgomery as part of a bigger package for a quarterback. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at Cox Sports One. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook or join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more daily Bears talk. On the show today, the David Montgomery trade that wasn't. The tweet that set off the sports world in a flurry wondering where's the big blockbuster quarterback deal. And of course, the retraction and correction from David Montgomery trying to clear up what was clearly a miscommunication and perhaps a poorly worded message from the Bears running back. Then we'll discuss the newest member of the Bears coaching staff, plucking a former defensive coordinator from a division rival to finally fill that senior defensive assistant role that we've heard rumored for the last couple of weeks. And then we'll wrap up with a little something special for you today a special edition of the Locked On Today podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's a big project we're rolling out now with all of your latest in-depth sports news delivered in an easy-to-digest, quick format, and it's a special crossover Locked On Today for you at the end of the show. Where were you when one David Montgomery tweet Loki flipped the whole sports world on its head for about 23 minutes. Started at 3.44 p.m. on Wednesday, David Montgomery tweeted from his Twitter account, Playing in Chicago has been fun, and I met some great people along the way. And of course, when you take it sort of without any context there, as Twitter tends to be, everyone read that as sort of a goodbye message, him saying yes, It was fun to play in Chicago and that he met past tense, the language there, making it seem as though his time in Chicago was ending or was in the past. And it led to a wild flurry of speculation. Of course, a lot of the trade rumors for Bears quarterback targets have included this idea of the Bears giving up a draft pick and perhaps an offensive player. So the the dots were being connected. It's, oh, here's the offensive player that the Bears are going to trade with their draft pick to get some sort of quarterback. So everyone is refreshing Adam Schefter's Twitter feed, Ian Rappaport's Twitter feed, looking for some kind of breaking news. And clearly, Montgomery seeming to break the news ahead of those guys, and everyone was wondering about that. There's also an added dimension here of David Montgomery's Twitter account is not verified. So his Twitter handle is at MontgomeryDavid, and... If you don't know that it's David Montgomery, you could question for sure whether it is or not, whether either this was a fake account trying to stir up stuff just to troll, or if maybe David Montgomery was hacked. That was my first impression, was like somebody maybe just got into his account and was tweeting something just, again, to cause trouble and try and have some fun with it. But no, as it turns out, 
again, I counted 23 minutes later, David Montgomery at 4.07 p.m. Central Time tweeted, it deleted his previous tweet and tweeted, y'all took that completely wrong. It was not intended in the purpose of football, has nothing to do with ball. I love Chicago, and I'm ready to be here for a long time and win a lot of games. So the clarification here is that, of course, he's met some great people in Chicago off the field in addition to his success on the field and getting to know his teammates and all of those other things. So I think we're safe to kind of take him at his word here. It's not as though there was a trade and then Montgomery tweeted and all of a sudden all the teams backed out because Montgomery leaked the deal early. I think this is pretty genuinely, he was trying to just express gratitude for his time in Chicago so far and maybe didn't properly word the tweet or use quite the right language to exactly convey what he meant and instead levied a a firestorm of speculation and tweets and everything else surrounding the brief moment when David Montgomery, we thought, was traded. I'm sure his agent was thrilled with how that played out. I'm sure there were a lot of voicemails left on David Montgomery's phone over those 23 minutes trying to get a hold of him, somebody trying to figure out what's going on and what he means with those tweets. But he is still a Chicago Bear, and I don't expect him to leave the Chicago Bears. I mean, this was a player that the Bears clearly targeted in that 2019 draft, traded up in the third round to get him, raved about him. They made it seem like he was like their top running back target and that this was the running back for Matt Nagy's offense. I think all that is still true. I think the Bears still really covet David Montgomery. It's not to say he is untouchable in a trade, but not a guy that they're just going to throw out in a deal all willy-nilly. They're not shopping him around trying to get the best deal for David Montgomery. If that was going to be the difference between securing the quarterback that they really want and not getting that quarterback, maybe they would consider throwing Montgomery in. But we already heard Tariq Cohen speculated as a player, or there was some flimsy reporting that he was being offered in the deal for Carson Wentz. Tariq Cohen himself, again, Twitter for Bears running backs apparently has been the story of the last three or four weeks here because Tariq Cohen himself on Twitter came out and said, you know, he had a conversation with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and said, you know, everything's good. I'm excited to be in Chicago, all that kind of stuff, pretty much dispelling what the trade rumors had been reported that had included him in there. So I wouldn't expect either one of those guys to be dealt at this point. There's still time for that to change, but nothing seems to be imminent for either one of them to be traded as far as like that offensive player that could be included in a deal. In all likelihood, it's not going to be an offensive player included in a deal because the Bears don't have a lot of like really high-quality stars on offense that are going to create all this trade value to be worth it in giving up to acquire a quarterback. Defense is a little bit of a different story. That's one where the Texans have been rumored to want defensive superstars, young ascending defensive starters, in addition to all the draft picks for Deshaun Watson. So that can be a slightly different scenario, but I wouldn't expect any major changes to the Bears' backfield this year. We did have a change to the coaching staff, though, defensively, finally seem to be rounding out the last of Sean Desai's new hires as defensive coordinator, bringing in now former Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator Mike Pettin as a senior defensive assistant. We'll look at his resume as an NFL coach and what his role in Chicago could be next on Locked On Bears. So far, the Bears are holding steady with all of the same parts in place for now. 
And nobody knows more about getting new parts than our friends at rockauto.com. They're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They've got everything you could possibly need, from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So whether you're fixing up a classic car in the garage or just need to tune up your daily commuter, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. Best of all, rockauto.com doesn't have different price tiers for the professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers. Everyone's prices are the same, so don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts somewhere else. Go to rockauto.com and see everything they have available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. With the addition of Mike Pettin as the new senior defensive assistant, the Chicago Bears coaching staff now has the head coach, offensive coordinator, and special teams coordinator from the 2015 Cleveland Browns. That team was not the 0-16 team. It wasn't even the 1-15 team, but they weren't too far away, 3-13. But that year, Mike Pettin, the new Bears senior defensive assistant, was the head coach. And their offensive coordinator is Bears quarterbacks coach and now passing game coordinator John DeFilippo running the shots that year with Johnny Manziel as his quarterback. And then Chris Tabor, the Bears special teams coordinator, was the Browns special teams coordinator at that time as well. So really picking from a successful year for a very successful franchise. No, that's not a referendum on these being bad coaches, right? I mean, every coach has been on bad teams before, and it's not necessarily a direct reflection of each of them individually. You can kind of make separate arguments there, but of course, John Filippo has coached some very good offenses. Chris Tabor has coached some very good special teams, and Mike Pettin has coached some very good defenses. It's just been a little while. I mean, I think when he's hired, there's sort of two reactions right away. One, he's a very experienced defensive coach. He's been coaching in the NFL since 2002. He's been a position coach or a coordinator or a head coach really since about 2004, 2005, he took over as outside linebackers coach for the Baltimore Ravens under Rex Ryan, then went on to be the Jets defensive coordinator under Rex Ryan, the Bills defensive coordinator, and then Browns head coach from there, Packers defensive coordinator a few years later. So that experience is valuable, right? He has seen a lot in the NFL and has been through a lot of scenarios that new defensive coordinator Sean Desai just has not because he hasn't had that experience. He's never been a defensive coordinator before. And so Pettin, coming with the experience of being a defensive coordinator under multiple head coaches, working under a litany of head coaches across his NFL career, he has seen a few different things and and has experience under different leadership styles and different roles and, and different situations that may arise for Desai to now have a little bit of a sounding board for him. The concern is the lack of success and the lack of, I guess, development, of adaptation that we've seen from Mike Pettin. I mean, yes, it's nice to get a former Green Bay Packers coach on the roster because he'll have some insight on that Packers defense and the players still in place there. And they were, you know, 13th ranked defense in points this past year, 9th 
the year before that, but Packers fans were very happy to see him go. They were ready for a new defensive coordinator, and they're ready to make fun of Mike Pettin as a member of the Chicago Bears coaching staff, which shouldn't be a really a surprise to anyone, but there was a frustration with him in Green Bay, not adapting his defense, not really keeping up with changes from NFL offenses. A lot of like weirdly conservative moments where it would be third and one or third and three, and the cornerbacks are lining up 10 yards off the line of scrimmage and giving up the easy completion to the opposing quarterback. You know, things like that that you can kind of sit and watch at home and say, hey, why are they doing it this way? Of course, you think back in the NFC Championship game against Tom Brady and that touchdown that Brady had right at the end of the first half. There was like 10 seconds left in the game, and there 10 seconds left in the half, and Mike Pettin comes out in a single deep safety look, leaves Kevin King one-on-one against Scotty Miller, and Tom Brady gets a touchdown when he had no business getting a touchdown there. The Packers look to be trying to prevent the field goal as opposed to trying to prevent the touchdown. So a lot of questionable things with Mike Pettin as the Packers defensive coordinator, but that doesn't doom him to be a bad influence in Chicago. He's going to be there to help with, of course, the sort of day-to-day operations of like, okay, Sean Desai has never been a defensive coordinator before, so how does he handle this situation at practice? Or how does he handle this in a game? You know, what's the advantage to being in the booth versus being on the sideline? And how should that chain of communication go? A lot of the like logistical functions of being a defensive coordinator, that's the kind of thing a senior defensive assistant who isn't going to be bogged down with being a position coach, right? He's not here to coach defensive backs or linebackers. He's just there to sort of help out and be a voice. So a lot of what his role is going to be is scouting opponents, and self-scouting the Bears, you know, trying to put together these kind of reports on what opposing opposing teams are going to do and just be that almost, you know, I mean, it's, it's called an assistant for a reason. He's the assistant to the defensive coordinator in that regard. So he's sort of the, the experienced voice in the room. The concern is how much influence he will have, right? The point of promoting Sean Desai is to try and get back to more of the 2018 Vic Fangio Bears, whereas Mike Pettin from a coverage standpoint, runs a little bit more of the Chuck Pagano-type system. The difference, Pagano tends to be a little bit more aggressive in terms of blitzing and up in the front seven, and that was not part of Pagano or Vic Fangio, so that's one potential influence there. But like, I don't think I want Mike Pettin to be too strong of an influence on Sean Desai and too strong of an influence on this Bears defense. He should be there to help when he is asked, but I don't want him you know, inserting himself into this defense and trying to be a bigger influence than they need him to be because they promoted Sean Desai to this job. They could have hired Mike Pettin to this job if they wanted Mike Pettin to be their defensive coordinator. But clearly, they wanted Desai, and Pettin is just here to help. And if if that's all he is, I think it's a fine hire. It's not going to be the difference between a Super Bowl and not a Super Bowl. It's not going to be the difference between a top-five defense and a bottom-five defense. But it never hurts to have a little more experience in the room, one with some familiarity with a key opponent, as long as you clearly define the role, the expectation, and the communication, and really execute it the way it's supposed to and not let it get out of control. That last caveat there sounds simple enough and sounds easy enough, but it's important, and you never know behind the scenes how those things can go wrong a little bit more than you realize on the outside, so it's a fair concern to have, but this is not a doomed, cursed hire from the start. So those were your two 
Bears news stories from yesterday, but the sports world had a lot more going on, and the Locked On Podcast Network is now here to bring you all of your daily sports updates with our brand new Locked On Today podcast. So up next on Locked On Bears, you're going to hear a full episode of Locked On Today to give you a little taste of what we're bringing you five days a week to get you ready for your morning. Think of it like the old waking up and watching Sports Center in the morning before school or work, but for your ears, an on-demand in podcast form. So we'll cross over next on Locked On Bears. Just because football season is over doesn't mean you can't get more football action at betonline.ag. They've got odds on Carson Wentz's next team with your Chicago Bears currently as the betting favorite, I might add, as well as Deshaun Watson's next team and some NFL futures. Who's going to win the Super Bowl next year? Who's going to win the NFC and AFC championship games? And of course, BetOnline has odds for every sport. Football, baseball, golf, hockey, even martial arts, soccer, tennis, and so much more. That's why it's the number one place we trust and the number one place we recommend. Head on over to betonline.ag and sign up for a free account today. Enter our promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. As promised, here is Locked On Today. Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today. The NBA and its players are on opposite sides of the All-Star game. Are the Jets the most interesting team in the NFL this offseason? Plus, can the Minnesota Vikings follow in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' footsteps? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. We haven't heard much about the NBA All-Star Game lately, which is likely headed to Atlanta in less than a month. What's going on with that? Maria Martin with our friends at 11 Alive Sports gives us an update. An NBA All-Star Game announcement seemed imminent, but as word circulated that the league was scrambling to put a game together, I think it's stupid. Player criticism arose. Reports stated that the league and the Players Association liked the idea of having the game, but the actual players, not so much. Still dealing with a, with a pandemic. We're still deal, dealing with everything that's been going on. And we're going to bring the whole league into one city that's open. Obviously, you guys can see I'm not very happy about it. After LeBron's comments, no announcement, just murmurs of the league continuing to work out the details. The job for the union has been to try to make sure our players are healthy and safe. Chris Paul is the president of the NBA Players Association and advocated for an all-star game, and he's still working to make that happen. Different situations, you know, guys who've been playing a lot of games uh, who hadn't really had much of breaks. You know, guys look at that break as an opportunity to see their families. Television rights are what makes it too appealing for the league to give up. Last year's game saw a ratings increase of 8%. 7.3 million viewers. Ads sold out in record time in 2020, bringing in millions. We all know why we're playing it. Uh, you know, is money on the line. Just putting 
putting money over health right now. There is no timeline for an announcement, but it's likely coming. It may not bring the same fanfare as a typical event, but for Trey Young, he says it would be an honor. It's a different opinion for me uh, than a lot of other guys who are flying in and um, I understand both sides. 11 Alive has been on top of this from the start. They'll continue to update us. But for the latest, check them out at 11 Alive News and 11alive.com. I, for one, don't understand how someone like Chris Paul can say, hey, we care about our guys' safety, our players, that's what we're worried about, and then say, well, we need to play this exhibition game that doesn't actually matter in the standings. LeBron has it absolutely right. This is about the money. This is about protecting the Golden Goose. They can sell ads on it, so they're going to have a game, and that's just the reality of the situation that we are in. Coming up next, are the Jets the most interesting team in the NFL, at least for a couple months? Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. It took overtime, but the Lakers beat the Thunder 114-113. to Wednesday night, LeBron James made a three with 19 seconds left in the fourth quarter to tie it at 105, then got the defensive rebound on the other end to send the game into overtime. The Phoenix Suns ended the Milwaukee Bucks' five-game win streak last night in a game that came down to the final seconds and a Giannis jumper at the buzzer that wouldn't go. Brendan Clean here with you from Locked On Phoenix Suns, coming to you live from Phoenix Suns Arena after a 125-124 victory by the Phoenix Suns over the Milwaukee Bucks, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. The Suns uh, come from a back and forth game and Devin Booker takes them home once again with some fourth quarter scoring, gets to the free throw line off of an isolation on Chris Middleton late. But more than anything, this is the Suns offense that we've talked so much about. They started off as a as a strong defensive team. They came together defensively with Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges leading the way there. Now the offense is is really at its peak. I've been talking about it for days and, and on, on Locked on Suns, and here we are. Another magnificent performance, 125 points against this Bucks defense. Weathered the storm as Giannis got to the line, I think 20 or so times the refs were almost uh, using broken whistles it felt like with how consistently that call was there for Giannis Antetokounmpo but no matter the Suns come away with the victory in front of a arena full of fans and uh, it's their fourth straight they are now 15 and 9 heading up the Western Conference standings and as I said coming together as an offensive squad and really realizing their potential for more on this team follow Locked On Phoenix Suns wherever you listen to podcasts The Timberwolves fell to the Clippers 119-112, but they did get Carl Anthony Towns back as he returned for his first game since contracting COVID-19. Towns played 31 minutes and scored 18 points. Towns, of course, lost multiple family members to the COVID-19 outbreak and has been outspoken about his difficult experience in the pandemic. Five WNBA teams combined to make five trades, including seven players and five draft picks on Wednesday, highlighted by Natasha Howard heading to the New York Liberty and the Dallas Wings landing the number one overall pick. The Seattle Storm lost two key contributors to their 2018 and 2020 title teams while reshaping the roster with a focus on younger talent that also involved the Minnesota Lynx and Phoenix Mercury. Nearly half the league's teams in all were involved in the transaction. Here is another story you need to know. Between new coach Robert Sala 
and the swirling Deshaun Watson rumors and as much cap space as any team in the league has in an offseason where a lot of teams are going to be cap crunched. The New York Jets just may well be the most intriguing team of the NFL offseason. John Butchko from Locked on Jets joins me now. And John, when you are looking at the big picture for this Jets offseason, do you have a number one priority list here on, on what they need to get accomplished moving forward? You know, Peter, it's difficult to say because the Jets just need pretty much everything right now. This was <laughs> it was a two and fourteen football team, and as you mentioned, there are going to be a lot of tools at the disposal of this team because they have cap space, and this is a unique year to have cap space. Most years, the salary cap goes up in the NFL, so even if you are among the league leaders in cap space everybody's got some money to spend. So you may, be, you may be able to get certain free agents, but you have to pay a lot for them. This is going to be the type of year where there are not going to be a lot of teams with money to spend. So your dollars will go further. But in addition to that, the Jets also have an extra first round pick and an extra third round pick from the Jamal Adams trade. So that's the good news. The Jets have a lot of resources to make their team better, but the bad news is they need a little bit of everything. Right. They've got a lot, but they need a lot, and that that creates some questions about priorities. So is there a price with Deshaun Watson that you would just say, look, that's too much. It's, it's just too much. You know, the way I look at it is I don't think that you would ever – say 15 years from now oh man we shouldn't have given up that extra first round pick for deshaun watson he's that (laughs) good so i think it's more what are you trying to accomplish because if you can figure out that either a zach wilson or a justin fields or you know maybe some other quarterback like a trey lance is going to be a franchise quarterback That might be the quicker way to contention because then you take the classic NFL strategy of getting the quarterback on the rookie deal and you have all these resources to build around them. With Watson, you're guaranteeing yourself stability, but he's going to come at the expense. First of all, he's going to take up a lot of the cap space that you've got. But second, he's going to take up a lot of the draft capital that you have. Now, if you're trying to win a Super Bowl over the next you know, 10 to 12 years, Deshaun Watson is probably the best starting point that you can have, but it's probably going to be a slower build, although it's a, you know, it's a lower risk because you know Deshaun Watson's going to be great. So the way I view it is not so much, is this the right move or is it the wrong move? It's more, which strategy do you want to take? Do you want to take the sure thing that maybe brings you stability quicker, but it would take a little bit longer to build up? the rest of the roster or are you looking for the home run right now to potentially have a talented young quarterback to build around and as many resources as any any team in the league to build around them. It's not, I think it's more, which path do you want to take as much as it is? Is this the right move? Is that the wrong move? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers went from out of the playoffs to into the Super Bowl. Can the Minnesota Vikings take the same kind of leap and break their seeming franchise curse. That's our cue of the day next. Agree or disagree? This is the cue of the day. 
There's an old joke about the Vikings that you can't let them go near cereal because anytime they get near a bowl, they choke. But it was the case that the Buccaneers, for most of their franchise's existence, was a laughingstock. And so the Vikings, could this be the time to follow the Bucs script to go from a below 500 team to not only into the playoffs, but into Super Bowl contention? Locked on Vikings, Luke Braun has how they could get that done. All right, so in 2019, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they go 7-9 and nine in 2020. They go 11-5, and five, make it into the playoffs as a wild card and win the Super Bowl. So how can the Vikings do the same thing? 7-9 and nine in 2020, how can they turn 2021 into that promised year? They have a bunch of problems from 2020 that they have to solve, and some from before 2020 that they have to solve before they can get to that kind of promised land. And I think the biggest one that ailed them in 2020 is that they were soft. They were soft up the front on both sides of the ball, especially on the defense. And a lot of that had to do with some backups playing. They didn't have Michael Pierce because of a COVID-19 opt-out. They didn't have Daniel Hunter, who was injured. They didn't have Anthony Barr for most of the year. And they didn't have Eric Kendricks for a pretty decent chunk of the year as well. That'll hurt your run defense, but they were soft. They were able to be pushed around by pretty much whoever your the opposing guard was. It didn't have to be a good one. They were unable to, to hold their spots, to stay in their gaps, and a lot of times they would run themselves out of position anyways, leading to a lot of explosive rushes. Depending on how you define this, there were three games in the 2020 season where a rushing offense looked like an explosive passing offense against the Vikings. You can't let that happen. You have to be able to be a defense that you have to pass on to beat. And that wasn't true of the Vikings. You did not have to pass to beat the Vikings. You could have beat them on the ground entirely, and that is an outlier that you have to be able to fix. You can do that in a number of ways, through free agency, if you can figure out the cap, through the draft, just by virtue of getting a lot of players back from injury and otherwise, but you have to fix that softness problem. The other thing you have to do is deploy better coverage concepts. And the Vikings didn't have a lot of options around this because they started a bunch of young cornerbacks who couldn't get some of the more complex coverage rules down with no preseason or or at least a really truncated preseason, they were rookies getting used to the speed of the game. You saw that with Cameron Dantzler in 2020, who had an absolutely catastrophic first six games of his year. But then once the season kind of started to come around, he was able to do things like lock down Super Bowl winning wide receiver Mike Evans and had one of his better games against those Buccaneers. He locked down uh, Robbie Anderson and a whole bunch of players near the end of the season had a, a much better time. And Jeff Gladney also got better as the season went along. So you have to continue that and also be able to kind of trust those players a little bit more. You can ask them to do a little bit more man coverage, some more complex coverage rules that allow uh, Mike Zimmer and his defense to come up with some more complex ways to counter the infinitely complex things that offenses are going to throw at them. And on the offensive side, though the offense was pretty good, you have to fix the offensive line. This is something that Vikings fans have been crowing about since like 2014, but there were 19 sacks, at least according to Pro Football Focus, that were only the fault of guards. You have to fix the guard situation. Dakota Dozier is not an acceptable starter, and a rookie left tackle in Ezra Cleveland playing at right guard is not acceptable either. You have to find a better strategy than that going into the 2021 season. What's interesting here is they could follow a lot of what the Bucks did last season if you hit on one or two draft picks. The Buccaneers, they add Tristan Wirfs in the first round. They add Antoine Winfield Jr., Coincidentally, a former Vikings player's son 
in the second round, and that catapults them further. Those are the missing pieces, so to speak, along with guys like Vitavea, Devin White, Mike Evans, and and first-round picks they've accumulated over a long period of losing. The Vikings haven't been picking in the top 10, in the top 15, but they have gotten some elite talent, guys like Justin Jefferson, and we saw last year Jeff Gladney, Cam Dantzler, they are guys who played well for stretches last season. If you can get that year two leap out of some of these guys and then add a rookie or two in this draft, figure out the cap and get some of that stuff is not going to be easy to navigate. But the Vikings have been doing it the last few years under some difficult conditions. They could be right back in the mix. I don't think it's likely. I think when Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, that caps your ceiling in a way that Well, let's be honest, Tom Brady's doesn't, but Kirk Cousins has shown that he can win some of these big games. He's won some playoff games for the Vikings here, and so could he get really red hot in the playoffs with Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and an offensive line that's a little bit better? Yeah, I think he could. I just don't think it's likely, and they still have the Packers in their own division who they don't seem likely to pass. And finally, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers held a boat parade Wednesday to celebrate their Super Bowl championship. At one point during the parade, Tom Brady was captured on video tossing the Lombardi Trophy from his boat across the water to where a shirtless Cameron Brait made the catch and brought wild cheers from fans and players. That was the best catch of my life, Brait said. Unbelievable. That was the best catch of my life if I had dropped that. I think I would have had to retire. Just imagine if Tom Brady had missed the throw. I guess he's got plenty back home. He's got he's got six spares, so he he could have found a replacement. I think there. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Friday, can the Chargers do what the Bucks did and land themselves the Super Bowl in their home stadium, just like Tampa Bay? At least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.